Hi, I'm Joel McMahon, pastor at San Philip United Methodist Church, and I'd like to welcome you to uh, this podcast that we have today. Uh, as we begin, let's bow our heads for a moment of prayer. Oh Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for the gift of life, and you th we thank you for the faculties that you've given us to enjoy it. We thank you for all those blessings that make life so much more bearable, like loved ones and friends and uh, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit uh, that we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ. We thank you for this time that we have together now to dig into your word and see what you have for us today. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'll be with us now, for we've gathered now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our scripture this morning is found in the first book of Samuel, the 15th chapter, the 34th verse, and the 16th chapter, the first verse. And I want to give you just a little bit of background before we get into this. Samuel uh, has been the judge of Israel for many years, and the people have come to him, and they've said, you're getting old and your kids aren't following in the way that you did, they're not going to be following your footsteps. And so we want a king. And Samuel told them, no, you don't really want a king. And they said, yeah, yeah, we do. We want to be like the other nations around us. We want a king. And Samuel said, no, you don't. You, you really don't want this. Believe me on this. And they were insisting. And so Samuel went to the Lord. And he said, Lord, these people are wanting a king. And the Lord said, well, Samuel, let them have a king. And I'm going to send you to the, to the person that I want you to anoint as king over Israel. And so Samuel found Saul under the God's direction and anointed him. And Saul became the king of Israel. And oh, what a fiasco it was. And this uh, particular passage begins after the greatest disappointment that Saul has been to both Samuel and to the Lord. And so we begin reading, as I said, in the uh, 15th chapter, the 34th verse. Then Samuel went to Ramah, but Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. Samuel did not see Saul again until the day of his death, for Samuel grieved over Saul, and the Lord regretted that he had made Saul king over Israel. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word at this time. Well, the main question that comes to me as I look at this passage is, what do you do when you've done exactly what you're supposed to do? exactly what you know the Lord wanted you to do, 
and the circumstances just get bad. Have you ever been there? You may be there right now. Well, this is what happened to Samuel. And this fiasco really wasn't his fault. He's grieving, and I'm sure he feels responsible. You know, sometimes when we know that we have been doing exactly what the Lord would have us do, and things go wrong, we start questioning ourselves. We start doing a personal review, and we start thinking, I must have done something wrong. I must have missed the Lord. I must have sinned or something, or things wouldn't have turned out like this. I must not have prayed enough. I must have heard wrong. Something must not be right. And somehow, you feel like it's your fault and you've missed something somewhere. Now, the enemy loves to sow self-doubt in our hearts. If he can get you to doubting your faith and doubting your God, he already has you hamstrung and useless in the kingdom of God. Samuel didn't get to that point, but in this message we find him, it says, grieving Saul. Samuel felt a great responsibility for Saul being made king. He's the one that had done it. He had a, a heart for God's people, and Saul had done them wrong. He did what he was supposed to do, but somehow the results were all wrong. Have you ever done that? Did something you know the Lord wanted you to do, you did something like that? but things just really didn't turn out the way that you were expecting them to turn out or the way that you hoped that they would turn out? Well, I want us to dig into this a bit. The first point I want to make today is sometimes we think we know better than God. Samuel did exactly what Saul told him to do, and now things are a mess. He'd been trying so hard, and things just have gone so wrong. He didn't think this king thing was a good idea from the beginning. And now the people have come to him and they've said, we want a king? And he told them no. He Then uh, the Lord told him to give them a king. And so Samuel told the people how bad it was going to be to have a king. They're going to draft your men into the army. They're going to saddle you with taxes, and they're going to uh, take your land. And they said, we don't care. We want a king. And so he obeyed the Lord, and he anointed Saul as the first king of Israel. Now, notice this. Samuel didn't argue after he knew the Lord's will, he just did it. He did it because he loved the Lord. This is the mark of a true believer. You see, you don't have to understand everything before you obey immediately. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. He didn't say, uh, if you understand me, you'll keep my commandments. He said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. If you love me and you know what I want you to do, you'll just do it. 
And Jesus also told a parable about two sons. He said, but what do you think? A man had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. And he answered, I will not. But afterward he regretted it and went. The man came to the second and said the same thing. And he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. So which of the two did the will of his father? And the people he was talking to said, the first. And Jesus said to them, truly I say to you that the tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and prostitutes did believe him. And you, seeing this, did not even feel remorse afterward so as to believe him. And so Jesus makes it clear that action, doing the right thing, that's what matters a whole lot more than our words. Lip service only goes so far. Samuel loved the Lord, so he obeyed, even when he'd rather not. Saul, on the other hand, he was a politician. He, did, he loved his position. He loved his power. And he listened to the people instead of listening to the Lord. He would know exactly what God wanted him to do. And if it didn't fit with what he felt the people wanted him to do, he went with the people instead of God. That's the difference between Saul and Samuel. And brothers and sisters, we need to be like Samuel. Even if we may not think it looks like it's the right thing to do, if you know God wants you to do it, you should do it. That's number one. Number well, it's like, that's the. Uh, here's here's the next next point. Anyway, sometimes we do the right thing, and it it seems that it turns out all wrong. You know, you may have shared the gospel and witnessed to someone, and it didn't turn out the way you assumed it would. They may have rejected it. They may hate you for having shared the gospel with them and you shared it out of love and you thought that they were going to receive it in love. You may have resisted when someone at work insisted that you cheat and now that person has it in for you because you did the right thing. You may have refused to lie for your boss and lost your job. Sharon, uh, well, let me tell you a story about my wife. Uh, Whenever uh, she was working in Dallas, she worked for a law firm, and the uh, office administrator there just had it in for her for some reason. And you could tell that he just resented her. And she read in scripture that if uh, you are bringing your gift to the altar and you realize that your brother has something against you, leave your gift at the altar and then go reconcile with your brother, work things out with your brother, then come back and make your offering. And so this guy was supposed to be a good Christian. And so as a Christian sister, she went to a Christian brother. And she said, 
I don't know what it is, but I can tell that you're holding something against me and I don't know what it is. And I want to get things right. It's not right for us to, to have this stuff between us. So uh, I would love for you to tell me what it is and, 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 and I would like for you to forgive me for it. And he said, I don't know what you're talking about. Although it was on, he, he, he did know. And actually later on, he continued to persecute her. And, but the thing is, uh, her boss knew she was going to be going to see him. And so when her boss, who was an attorney, uh, saw her coming back and he saw how upset she was, he said, well, how'd that go? And she said, it just didn't, he, he, he won't even admit there's anything wrong. And I don't know what to do. And so this uh, attorney wasn't a good, good Christian at the time. He wasn't saved at the time. He said, let me see what it says there. And so he read the passage where she was talking about it. And, and he looked at it and he said, well, you know, I don't see from a legal standpoint, from this point, at, at this point right here, I don't see where there's anything that he has to do. You've done what you're supposed to do, and the rest of it's up to him. But you, you, you've done your part. Well, that was very helpful to my wife to hear that. And so, uh, but the thing is, we can never see the whole picture. Whenever something doesn't work out the way that we hope that it will and we wish that it will, we need to remember that we're obeying God. We're not trying to, we're not seeking some sort of result. We're obeying him. We act in obedience to him, not in order to get certain results. Uh, we obey him because we know that he knows more and better than we do. The Lord says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. There was no way that Samuel could connect all the dots and see all the permutations that were going to come forth from his obedience in anointing Saul king. There was no way that my wife could see what was going to be coming about because of her obedience. But you know what? That attorney that did the legal opinion for her on that chapter or on that verse, later he became a Christian. He joined a church and he was saved. He did it in the opposite order. He was saved and joined the church. The bright light that he saw in my wife helped call him and helped the Lord call him into the kingdom of God. So the thing is, you see, there were things that the Lord had in store. It wasn't what Sharon was looking for but it was exactly what needed to happen at that time. It could also be that the 
uh, office administrator. Maybe he was a good Christian, but he had a growing edge. You know, we're all imperfect, and we all have those places that the Lord's not finished with us yet. And Sharon probably, in looking in back in retrospect, uh, she probably helped that man identify an area of his life that he had not yet turned over to the Lord, the area of bitterness and the area of, uh, of love and the area of uh, wanting to do what the Lord wants to do instead of what we want to do. But when it comes to Saul, uh, the thing is, is that David would not have been set up to become king. If Samuel had not obeyed God and anointed Saul, David would not have become king or would not have been set up to become king. This was part of God's plan. And but for David's time in Saul's court and his opportunity to observe him and to learn uh, the, the proper ways that things should be handled, even if it was sometimes from uh, negative standpoints, he got to see how to properly be in the position of king. He was properly prepared for the position of king because he got to see firsthand how this king stuff was supposed to work. David got to see firsthand what happened when a king disregarded the Lord and listened to the people instead. But for David's trials and conflicts with Saul, his character and integrity could not have been honed and molded and proven the way that they were in front of the people of God. All of this all this came about because Samuel was obedient and he anointed Saul. You see, God had a plan, even though at that moment it looked like disaster, and it's the same for you. If you have been faithful in doing what you know you're supposed to do, be assured God has a plan and it's probably way too big for you to ever grasp. We often look at the unfaithfulness of Saul and the love David shows his Lord. But let's not forget the faithfulness of Samuel. It's because of his faithfulness that we wound up with David on the throne. And here's the next point I want to make. If you're a faithful Samuel, sometimes you might have to go through Saul to get to David. I remember Dr. Robert Hayes Sr., an illustrious past president of uh, Wiley College who's now gone on to be with the Lord. I remember him standing uh, before the annual conference uh, one year after having been drugged through the mud by the IRS and fully exonerated. He shared there in front of a lot of men and women that had turned their backs on him and just written him off as guilty whenever the IRS came after him. 
And all he was doing was what the Lord called him to do and doing things the way the Lord wanted them to be done. And he was doing the right thing. And the IRS just hung him out to dry. He talked about friends deserting him, about people just assuming the worst. He talked about the horrible time he'd been through just because he'd been doing his job the way it should be done. He said a lot of people deserted him, but the Lord never did. And his family never did. And then he said, I've learned something through all this. Sometimes you have to go through Good Friday to get to Easter. Now, brothers and sisters, you may be going through Good Friday right now because of your faithfulness, and it may look bleak, and it may look hopeless, but hang in there because Easter, brothers and sisters, is on the way. Listen to this. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you grieve over Saul, since I have rejected him from being the king over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have selected a king for myself among his sons. Saul was over. Saul was in the past. And now David is on the way. Whenever you go through a tough time, you know what you do? You keep on going and you keep on obeying the Lord. If Samuel had not obeyed the Lord at that point, David wouldn't have wound up being on the throne. But God chose the right man in Samuel, didn't he? just as he chose the right man in David. And yes, he had also chosen the right man in Saul. Now, I asked you at the beginning, what do you do when you've done exactly what you're supposed to do, exactly what you know the Lord wants you to do, and circumstances just get bad? Have you ever been there? If you have, or if you are, let me tell you this, you're in good company. Yes, there's Samuel, and Samuel's great company to be in, and he's a great example. But wait, there's someone else that's also uh, one of our the people that has gone through the same thing as us, and also a great example, one who paved the way and showed us how this stuff all works. Our greatest example of someone who did exactly and perfectly what our Heavenly Father uh, wanted him to do is Jesus Christ himself. He obeyed his Heavenly Father completely, and he wound up on the cross. But Easter came, didn't it? It looked bleak. There was a point when he was deserted, when he was hung on a cross to die and die he did. But Easter came. Easter came. If you're going through tough times because you did the right thing, be assured our Lord understands. 
He has been where you are, and he wants you to assure he wants to assure you today that you are on the way to where he is. So keep on doing the right thing. I want to close by sharing with you Mother Teresa's anyway poem. I think it pretty well uh, sums up what we're supposed to be doing. She says, people are often unreasonable, illogical, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. If you are successful, you will win some false friends and some true enemies. Succeed anyway. If you are honest and frank, people may cheat you. Be honest and frank anyway. What you spend years building, someone could destroy overnight. Build anyway. If you find serenity and happiness, they may be jealous. Be happy anyway. The good you do today, people will often forget tomorrow. Do good anyway. Give the world the best you have, and it may never be enough. Give the world the best you've got anyway. You see, in the final analysis, it is between you and your God. It was never between you and them anyway. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Well, thank you for being with us today. And if you're ever in the San Philip area, uh, we uh, invite you to come and worship with us. We'd love to have you. Uh, if you have any prayer requests, uh, please just put them in the comments below, and I'll be happy to be praying for you. If you have any other needs, just let me know, and I will be getting personally in touch with you. So until next time, goodbye, and God bless.